Hey y'all, it's Trent Knox with the Trent Knox Show. It is season three, episode 12, and in this episode, we are going to be covering esports and uh, what's going on in the world of esports. Um, so I'm kind of new to the whole esports world, all in all. Um, I grew up playing Halo, Call of Duty, um, World of Warcraft, Warcraft, Madden. Um, those are pretty much my staples when I was a kid. Of course, I played the Civilization. I played um, Hot Wheels tracks. I played uh, Pikmin, Super Smash Brothers. Mm. I played Dead Dead or Alive. Is that right? Dead or Alive. I played Goldeneye. I played. I played pretty much all the classics whenever um, whenever I was growing up. I think the first ever. Uh, game I played on a console was Frogger on the PlayStation 1 and then I played Dreamcast but I can't remember what game I played on the Dreamcast when I had access to a Dreamcast um, mm, let me see what else games did I play I played Devil May Cry on the PlayStation uh, 1 yeah the PS1 no PlayStation PS1 or 2, whichever one of those was, I played that, um, I played, ooh, I played, uh, I played Zelda on the N64, I don't know, I played a lot of games growing up, but, uh, I never really played a lot of competitive games until I was in, like, middle school, uh, uh, when all of basically online with Xbox Live came to fruition and uh so I was playing like um I was playing Halo and uh and then I also played Warcraft with my my buddy uh that I when I was living in South Carolina I played with him uh online and then World of Warcraft became my like main MMO RPG in high school, and Madden, Call of Duty were my other two staples uh, on the console, and it would vary between uh, Xbox and um, and PlayStation. So I would like play PlayStation, play Xbox, play PlayStation, play Xbox. Um, so then after about a while, got back into Halo, more Call of Duty. Um, and then whatnot, but, uh, as I was growing up, I knew of the MLG, the major league gaming league, uh, or whatever major league gaming. And I knew that there were competitive players in the space, but I didn't know anything about what, how to watch them, what you needed to do to be a part of the scene I knew nothing about this and uh, to be honest uh for esports I I maybe ran across a couple of uh local you know um 
competitions uh, in the area, maybe held at like a, a GameStop or that was very rare uh, or like a comic book store or something like that. I would know that there were there were opportunities to play competitively against um, people that uh, were in the area. Um, the the times in which I knew that that type of uh, you know the, the competitive stuff would happen at GameStop was generally at a release date, and then uh, and then you you'd have like a small competition outside or uh, somewhere you know that people could play together, and then. Um, that was about it. I didn't didn't really know anything about esports until about a year a year ago. Uh, I went to South by Southwest Gaming and I got my first uh, experience of a true uh, esports competition, uh, our land fest of all um, a place where people compete competitively uh, for for video games and I I felt as if from someone who likes games but isn't um isn't competing at that level or 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 has ever seen anything like this other than maybe like uh going to a traditional sport uh sports game uh it would be very confused. Uh, at least I was very confused. I was shocked. I was kind of, um, there were a lot of feelings and emotions toward the, like as if I had been, um, as if I had been being held away from, uh, this, this world of of entertainment that um that that I would have loved to have participated in though it was as if like it was it was secret it was um it was uh it was as if there was a small group of people who had uh who had access to this sort of um sort of entertainment and and maybe that's because the ticket price or the there's a barrier of entry to attendance to these sorts of uh, festivals at this level because the the cost of attendance is is quite high um, for your for your average person who is looking to attend an event uh, a $35 to a $200 ticket is um out of the budget of most of the average consumers. Uh, and aside from that, there wasn't, um, at, when I was growing up, there wasn't a lot of, uh, coverage, live coverage of these sorts of events. And so when I went to South by Southwest gaming in 2018, I got a real dose, a small dose of what a competitive, esports event would is like and and um whereas south by southwest gaming is more um more catered to the the um the panels the uh indie developers and developers uh and more of a networking uh event 
um, something like a dream hack Austin, uh, in 2018, in which I was invited to cover the event through with my, with my press crew, um, is a vastly different type of event. And I can only imagine what it's like at a event, um, of grander scale, like a, a, um, a finals and uh league of legend finals or a call of duty finals or starcraft finals what whatever uh particular game we're talking about it's uh, a crowd of hundreds uh i mean thousands uh maybe maybe hundreds of thousands of people uh attending an event and um really they all have a passion and love for gaming and esports um there what i what i hadn't realized uh before attending these events is that there is a industry of opportunity uh aligned with the competitive gaming uh ecosystem from parking attendants to uh, chief executive officers uh in in the gaming industry and this is these these positions are separate from the game development development and the um the portions of the actual gaming development industry these are a um top of the funnel uh, may, may, maybe even bottom of the fun, funnel uh, job opportunities whereas when you're a computer engineer computer engineer you're a computer engineer or you're some sort of sorry I had like a little bit of a spaz there uh, I couldn't get the word engineer out and um, so you get you get the opportunity if you're a computer scientist engineer to develop games if you direct yourself in that way and maybe your game becomes competitive and then you you are successful off of that game but there are also opportunities for people in health healthcare in uh in legal in um in events uh, in hospitality and uh, various different other industries that can apply themselves in the in- esports industry, and it's it's pretty amazing. It's um, there the two two events that I was able to go to uh, kind of pa- pushed me into di- um, diving deeper into the culture of nerd culture and uh gamer culture geek culture uh and i talk about it in this way because there is a division of somewhat i mean there's some sort of there's some uh some diversity and communication between these types of groups but there are individuals out there who are primarily um what they like to call call themselves weebs who enjoy uh anime primarily there are uh there are individuals who are nerds uh or geeks uh those those 
people per- particularly enjoy comics, uh, and then there are gamers, and there there are probably a vast number of different other um, categories or labels or uh, adjectives to place on culture in reference to gaming and and, uh, and comics and anime and all the different facets of uh, this these cultures to describe the a person's interest in ideas but i didn't realize i i went to the gaming ones and i realized that there are aspects of the other cultures that bleed into the into the uh into the esports uh arena because there are merchants vendors uh indie developers all of these people are um also putting their 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 um their projects in the marketplace next to esports, and it allows uh, individuals whom who haven't experienced a lot uh, in the esports, uh, uh, haven't experienced a lot of uh, the cultures of nerd culture or anime culture, and um, but are invel- in, involved in the esports culture. To experience a little bit, taste a little bit of it, bit of the other cultures that they're um, that they enjoy um, enjoy consuming as well. So I didn't know that that was like a big uh, portion of it, but it was. And um, now I want to get into the portions of of as an observer of an esports competition and. Um, at South by Southwest, I really didn't pay attention much to uh, some of the more um, more competitive games uh, like uh, CS:GO or um, Call of Duty or any any. I I don't even recall if that was even Fortnite. Any of that was even being played at South by Southwest Gaming 2018. What I do recall watching, sitting down and watching, was the Clash of Clans uh, competitions between the pro players and the uh, the collegiate level. And what I could, what I, actually, I don't know. Actually, I think that the collegiate game was uh, uh, Valor. Or something like that. I uh, can't remember what it was, but it was a mo- uh, MOBA, a mobile-based MOBA, um, and uh, and and anyway. So the point is, is that the with the Clash of Clans, it, it was a it's a low-cost, easy. Well, not low-cost, but it's a more versatile. Maybe that's not the right word. Anyway, it just seemed like it would be less of a barrier to entry for these mobile games for 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 uh, aspiring esports athletes to get into the esports arenas and compete at a competitive at a high level um and the 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 days where where i was growing up where the, the it was, there was a huge barrier of injury because it cost a lot to travel it cost a lot to 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 uh, play the games and then be um, and, and also be be going to school 
and there were very there were very various different uh obstacles in the way of of being a competitive esports athlete let alone the cultural stigma the mainstream cultural stigma that there was towards esports athletes as we were uh, as i was growing up uh, as a millennial uh and and uh and i can tell that 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 is changing and there are more individuals uh becoming becoming esports athletes than there ever was ever was before and in part that's that's due to the development of the technology right and then it allows uh kids like those kids playing those MOBA games to enter the industry at um, potentially a younger age as well as um, without having to have a lot of budget to to um, roll their 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 dreams of becoming an esports athlete um, and uh, so it 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 doesn't look too grim for the the individual who is uh, has a family with a household income of a hundred thousand dollars or less on on entering into the esports arena as an athlete. Uh, the issue that derives is whenever they that an, an athlete wants to begin competing at the um at the more uh more competitive gaming games the the long established uh titles so like call of duty uh league of legends um a, a um a Fortnite. the barrier of entry to those games are still still quite high because the affordability of playing the game maybe not a Fortnite because they've been able to capitalize on free to play um and though by by creating a pay to play or i mean a microtransaction uh system within it there is some um there is some issues with utilizing that that in the game because certain certain skins certain guns certain aspects of uh of the game can limit the can create head glitches create issues where the player who can't afford can only can barely afford to purchase the standard edition of the console to to play the game casually would would they be able to compete against someone with a budget that is able to afford them the uh, Xbox uh, whatever the fuck it's called an Xbox Elite or whatever the Xbox One X or whatever you want to call it the the big one though I'm so kind of disconnected with Xbox but um, you know like a PS4 Pro the the barrier from that is quite high 
and then let alone what it's like on the PC side of things here. Uh, those people who are have families that are strictly Mac and uh, don't allow their children to you know utilize Windows or whatnot unless they're at school under a highly protected network. It's uh, there's a lot that goes into the initial introduction of someone into um, desktop gaming. But for for those kids growing up now who are competing are are looking to compete uh in esports and become an esports athlete it's seems like it's a complicate complicated uh journey for the 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 kids whose families have a low household income and can only afford them one or two games and a standard edition console uh and that barrier may create unless they have their own hustle ambition entrepreneurship to get in there and uh upgrade their console to be competitive against the kids who are you know have a family with a you know a household income of five hundred thousand to a million um to be able to afford the travel the the lodging the all of the expenses that become related to becoming a competitive player uh, in the esports arena is quite it seems it seems to me be quite difficult. And then the 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 scheduling and budgeting of getting into that and seeing these these players uh, develop their characters in association with the teams, um, it's. It's it seems like a, a hard task to over, to to be to get into and um, and I would I wish I wish there was more of there was more information out there as in regards to how to uh, to budget and schedule yourself at a young age to be prepared to become an esports athlete because the the age range uh, for the traditional esports athlete uh, skews young, and we don't see a lot of the competitive, the people who are active competitive players in their late twenties to to early thirties still competing, and it seems to be a um, a uh, a system of kids from 15 as early as 15 to um to about it's a age demographic from 15 to 25 ish maybe even earlier than that even maybe you could be, you could argue 20 24 23 and uh and and there's not a lot of opportunity out there for the older demographic the ones who have afforded themselves to go to college or have afforded themselves to purchase a car and work at McDonald's or, you know, it it is, is not, it is not the norm to hear a story, uh, like nade shots about having worked at McDonald's, then, uh, you know, playing in the MLG and, um, 
and deciding to quit to establish his own esports brand and have the acumen, the business acumen, to to accomplish though that that feat. And it, it it a lot of the the industry is populated, and maybe maybe because Nade Shot made that happen, uh, he has allowed a lot of uh, a lot more opportunity for the lower income brackets to initialize, initiate themselves into a, an ever growing business as, uh, as new games are being developed and new opportunities for the competitive scene grow. And I, I just don't know what to to say as far as like where the industry is is going it, 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 there's a lot of talk but i can't decipher what of this is like snake oil salesman pitch to 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 make it so that the industry is more ex- you know there's more exclusivity in the industry and that you will have to you know you it'll be more difficult for individuals to compete for those those prize pools that are uh quite high you know the the ones that would drastically change um an individual's life because when we look at what's going on in esports with league of legends and um and overwatch is they're creating a franchise system where that you have to have some sort of um so you, you have to have basically for overwatch 20 million dollars to to create a team inside of the league and uh become a, a brand around one particular um industry or or one particular um, game and I apologize for for those of you who are listening who have uh, a better vocabulary for this uh, for this industry uh, I am just a you know I listen but a lot of it is extremely difficult to comprehend and I'm conveying it in plain English I believe or um you know the average joe conversation about this uh i i love it and i feel like it's it's a passion of mine the esports industry but i i can never see myself as uh as a shoutcaster or or any of these um things at the moment because it, it is there's so much vocabulary that there's a to to learn in association with business and also with the industry uh, of of game development, and and then you, and as an esports athlete, you are partly supposed to know how to communicate to you know fr- uh, to uh, potential investors, uh, venture capitalists, and you're you, you you're basically selling these selling a whole industry as an athlete and in order to pack all that up there has to be some sort of education system 
to educate the the layman on the the proper terminology when approaching a subject like esports and have there more be more of a uh of a um open source nature to that and uh i think that maybe that's true maybe that's not true uh what i just said potentially there is always the opportunity for a program to open at the collegiate level for in in esports um and have you know professors of esports um and that be its own major or department aside from um aside from the traditional humanities or you know um computer science or whatnot it could be its own sort of like um you know photography is its own and um art is its own and uh film are it's are their own programmatic tracks through college um but anyway so there's there's the issue of knowing what to say when you're when you're you're being interviewed in regards to sponsorships or endorsements and the direction and development of the scene and in accordance in accordance with the industry of gaming and i i find it to be quite difficult for or i find it to be quite difficult because there's so many there's a lot of games number one there's a lot of games to be competitive play competitively not all games are on the main stage primarily we're seeing PUBG, counter-strike overwatch the the first person shooters definitely take up the most of the main stage uh and then the mobas like league of legends uh heroes of the storm then our rts games like starcraft and then hearthstone has its own uh place and probably artifact coming up but so it i i I don't want to say i'm ignorant and and i don't um i don't know the thing to be that that needs to be said i feel like the conversation around esports it's actually quite difficult to get into the conversation and for because there's these all these deals being made at the at the upper level that don't they're still trying to to they're they're utilizing tactics from industries like uh sports that wanted to completely divide the consumer from the the um from the brand or that's not the right way to say it from d- divide <clears throat> divide the, the 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 watchers from the creators it's the only way i can i can 
basically describe it. So there's a better way. There's got to be better way. Maybe someone out there can can uh, give me a better way of saying this, but essentially taking the the people who are consumers, the people who pay the money to play the games, and dividing that from the organizations that that uh, structure esports. That's not the right way to say it. Anyway, so like the the executives. That's not what I'm trying to say here. But that that is separate from the consumers. But the problem in the the problem that arises in the esports industry is that the consumer is purchasing consoles, purchasing desktops, purchasing a lot of equipment. Whereas in a traditional sport like football, all of that equipment is coupled with the school that they go to and the school and the school booster club pays for the, uh, the, the school booster club pays for the, what am I trying to say? The equipment, the sports equipment, it pays for that so that the student athletes can utilize that to play on against other schools. Whereas the esports, the parents of the children or the children have to purchase into the game, into the, into the industry by buying themselves a console. And this just goes back to what I was saying earlier, but buying themselves a console, buying themselves the game, buying them up themselves an opportunity to play in the league. Whereas that, that the barrier of entry for a football, a, a soccer, uh, any traditional sport has been limited by the available, uh, the available opportunity. Uh, and esports is probably going that way, but it is, years maybe decades away from it being universally accepted like uh, like a football soccer lacrosse tennis any traditional sport that's currently in the in the the high school or the um, the grade school adolescent education uh I'm I'm I sometimes I feel like I I really am passionate about things but I just don't have the vocabulary to 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 communicate it all the time and with esports I'm really passionate about it I've been watching the, the Dota competitions um and it's it as a a person who loves competitive gaming it it is a little bit com- complicated because there are so many games and so many storylines and 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 it's almost there are so many different games that you you kind of have to pay attention to all of them in pieces because the the um, the issue is that these these teams uh like a team liquid or uh an optic or a um 
a TSM or um, like any of these big name household uh, teams, they have they have they have a organization for every game. So you kind of in order to understand the storyline for that team or that organization, you have to understand you have to understand what's going on in in various different titles, games, and it and it gets so complicated that you you, you the average person who's not a a um, a historian or a industry person that, that observes it all and and tries to figure out why a certain tactic is being used in another game that a certain way because over here it's a balancing act. So like we got T- we got the Team Liquid League team, the Team Liquid CS:GO team, the Team Liquid Call of Duty and all the data and analytics from each of those games is encapsulated so that they can kind of better better the there maybe in one league they need three coaches and they found that the 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 um team morale is better with three coaches than two or whatever happens that that they get a competitive advantage because they've got more they got they've got a variety of different teams playing a variety of different games and they can use that data analysis across the board in their organization and i i just i just think that i just think that it's so difficult to to comprehend this this growing industry uh, for your average consumer, and with that being said, I I wish everyone luck for if you are just now starting out and getting into competitive gaming, whether that's at the age of twenty or the age of fifteen, thirty, whatever it is, and I'm. I think that the best opportunity to, to, to get started is to find uh, a mid-tier event, land-based event in your area. You might have to travel. Uh, you might have to travel, travel to the next largest city. Uh, arguably, that may there may not be anything going on in the next largest city you might have to go to the capital and if there's nothing happening at the capital of your state uh then you might need to go to another state and the travel and expenses of chasing the dream of being an esports athlete is quite high and i uh i wish everyone luck for that um but let's get into what what we got going on this year 
So I'm gonna have to Google it up. Uh, Uh, I don't even know if there's a specific, uh, a specific like, um, website to go to for this, but I went to league of legends first and I see for the North American league of legends championship series, we're going to have, uh, the week two, this is week two, and uh, we've got Echo Fox going up against TSM. And then we have 100 Thieves going up against L- Team Liquid. we got Clutch going up against Optic. we got Cloud9 going up against Golden Guardians. And then FlyQuest up against CLG. And that is... Saturday, February 2nd. Um, and they all seem to be scheduled uh, an hour out of each other. And uh, you can cap- probably, that's for the NALCS. NLCS. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, or the LCS. Let's see what's going on for the um for overwatch 2019 oh wait ah damn there we go boom overwatch 2019 schedule reviewed revealed where is it okay uh Wow, okay. We previously shared big changes for the 2019 season. Okay, opening... Oh, opening week matchups are going to be on Disney XD. Uh, so, on thir- Thursday... February 14th, that's Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day, we get the Spark versus the Dragons. The Hangzhou Spark versus the Shanghai Dragons. And then on Sunday, February 17th at 12 p.m., we get the Houston Houston Outlaws, that's my home team, versus the Boston Uprising. And then on Sunday, February 17th, at 1.30 p.m., we have the Philadelphia Fusion versus the Atlanta Rain. So that's for the Overwatch League. And then it says, stay tuned for all your other favorites. And uh, so we're looking at the playoff pool. The prize pool for the 2019 season is five million dollars up from 3.5 million in 2018 the stage playoffs prize pool for each of stage one two and three the winner gets 200,000 runner-up gets a hundred thousand third and fourth place teams get 50k each the fifth through eighth place get two 25k each 
Okay, so so this is working towards. I don't know how much I don't know what the the split is between the uh, the athletes and the organization, but eventually you're well at this rate. Let's say because it's going up about one point five million a year. Let's see, maybe it doubles next year, and we'll see. It's ten million is the prize pool. So by the third year, you probably have recouped one team. One team has recoup recouped the uh, the um, entry fee into the league. Uh, season playoff prize pool for the champions get one point one million. The runner up gets six hundred k. Third place team gets four fifty four hundred fifty thousand. Uh, fourth place team gets three hundred fifty thousand. Fifth and sixth get three hundred thousand. And seventh and eighth get two hundred thousand. So no team in the Overwatch League. Uh, oh well, I guess no, that's not true. Uh, half, a little over half the teams uh, lose a lot of money. Lose a lot of money. Wow, they lose a lot of money. But um, that's uh, that's the price of playing in the Overwatch League. Uh, a lot of money to be lost there whatever uh not whatever but like geez that sucks so let's look at uh cs go league i don't know what the hell that's called uh tw- tw- what the flip esports let's say season oh there it is never mind i found it ecs e- esl wait i don't know which one's which uh, Pro League, ESL, CSGO, Australs are Season 8 champions. Maybe this, is this over or what? I don't know. Uh, CSGO, uh, League, Esports, um, ECS, is this like two different leagues? Oh, okay. Oh, wait, what? The finals. So, ah, man. Okay, so that's over. Uh, Wait, that's season six? What? E-League. So there's three different leagues for CSGO. It's... uh. Okay, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. I don't I don't understand. I don't understand uh what the hell is going on. So E-League some what the hell? Okay. What the f- There's a 2019. Okay, is there like a 2019 esports calendar? <laughs> I mean, like events calendar. Maybe this this is that old Gom TV, right? Jinx TV. So, all right, in January, which we're already kind of done with. 
the Bucharest Minor, the PUBG Asia Invitational, Europe Minor Championship, CWL Pro League Play-In, uh, then the I Buy Power Masters. So I was watching the Chung Quinn, uh, major for Dota 2 this month. So Rain Six Invitational 2019 DreamHack Leipzig Rocket League Hearthstone I A M Catwise. Oh Jesus, man! It's just so difficult to to comprehend. So wait. Oh, there it is. IEM Sydney DreamHack Tours, DreamHack Dallas, Summer and Call of Duty World Championships, all the way in August. League Championships in October. How come nothing Overwatch is on this uh, Jinx Esports thing? Ah, because they they just haven't updated their calendar. Oh man. It's um the 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 thing about esports is it's so disorganized. There's not like uh an ESPN to go to to the, there are so many different ESPNs. Oh wait, hold on. There's an ESPN article uh in 2016. That's not good. So in 2016 there was a, there was a, there was an uh, a, an article on ESPN in regards to uh, the esports leagues. Maybe I'm just doing it. Oh man, esports tournaments 2019. Okay, esports insider. Let's see what they have to say. Esports e- insider has to say. There's an Asia licensing conference, a dojo esports. What the hell is this? What the hell is this? Like, this is like this esports insider. This is like, there's nothing to do with the actual games on this. It's just a bunch of events for like, like esports events, but not even like, conferences ah man it, it this is why the the conversation in relation to esports is so complicated because you have the the cutting edge side of esports which is like all these conferences and communication between owners franchises teams players all that but it's divided from the actual competitions and and mind you esports is a global phenomenon and that it's not like the national football league where we have literally like the only places that play football are America and Canada and then there are small leagues uh, American football 
only only leagues they play are in America in in the United States and Canada, and then a little bit of Mexico and other places around the world obviously uh, play American football, but more globally related it'd be like uh, uh, traditional football and and maybe basketball, uh, but geez, baseball somewhat. Baseball is kind of an, a, a global sport, American baseball. But, geez, uh, cricket, rugby. But there's you don't you don't hear about conferences in relation to the f- American football. There's not like an American football. Well, I'm sure there is an American football conference. It's just, you know, that's the that's the AFC versus the NFC. You know what I mean? Or or you know like. There, there are colleges, you know, and whatnot that you go to and you attend an event. What is this? Sick odds is the second. Um, oh my gosh! Okay, all right. So, wow. Okay, so, so the betting, the betting, the betting sites are more formulated than than the so okay wait what I don't understand I just I don't understand how to read this Oh my gosh. You almost need a linguistics expert in esports to comprehend the 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 language and the of the websites. You you look at it and it's going to take you a while to comprehend why they put why they put it in the format that they did whenever you're looking at these these uh the spring splits the winter leagues for league of legends and uh lcs versus the worlds worlds and counter-strike fortnite has no upcoming events PUBG, nothing start end I'm confused why there's a start and an end date. The Dream League Season 11 is, uh, for Dota 2, is worth a mil prize pool. Contenders. NA Australia. Huh. Wow. So the Hmm. What okay, so what is it again? 
Hmm. Just look. I'm, tr I'm trying to figure out what is. What is the where to if you were a. If you were a competitive game lover and you wanted to get into the esports uh, game realm, where do you where do you put your money? Where where do you invest your time? And it, and it, and, it, and it looks like to to my best uh, my assumptions are you better be playing Overwatch because the the prize pool for Overwatch is the greatest. So if you're if you're getting out of these uh getting them you're playing let's say you're playing League of Legends, the the prize pool for that is quite a bit lower than three point five million dollars. Um there's not like a I don't think there's any any game comparable to Overwatch as far as payout and uh, career. the The comparability to that would be Dota Two. Dota Two pays millions. Um, you're talking millions, and Call of Duty is suffering. They don't have anything on the board for any of that. The WECG. There's no number for StarCraft 2. Currently, WCS pays only 80. Just like, let me see. StarCraft used to be one of the highest paying uh, ones. Hmm. I don't I don't understand the betting on this. Uh and then the third one is uh my hometown, South by Southwest Gaming. And uh we can just clickety click and talk about that for a second. So South by Southwest Gaming hosts both Premier and the greatest up and coming esports of the tournament stage for tens of thousands of gamers to enjoy annually. Games that have previously made an appearance on this prestigious stage include StarCraft 2, League of Legends, Dota 2, Ultra... Uh, where was I? Where did I live off? Ultra Street Fighter 4. Where is that 5? I don't, I don't know. I can't read Roman noodles. Smooper Smash Brothers Melee, Street Fighter 5, Arena of Valor. Oh yeah, that's 4. Injustice 2 and Clash Royale. Oh yeah, it was Clash Royale, not Clash of Clans. Why did I say Clash of Clans earlier? Uh, South by Southwest Gaming 2019 takes place in Austin, Texas. In Austin, Texas from Friday, Friday March 15th to Sunday, March 17th. Uh... Nothing specifically as far as what. Click this tournament stage. Nope. <laughs> uh, nothing guaranteed as far as what games will be played. 
uh, Arena of Valor. That's the the showdown that I was watching in uh, 2018, and um, it was it was it was fun to watch. I guess, yeah. Uh, okay, so for for everyone that is listening to this episode and you know pulling their hair out like I am uh, in regards to esports and the leagues and what in the hell, unless. Unless you kind of consolidate your attention to one one league and you don't you don't pay attention to you know let's say you're a Call of Duty fan the only thing you pay attention to is Call of Duty but it kind of all needs to somehow match up not match up it just there needs to be a one stop shop for you to a news source for you to go to and understand the complexity of the leagues. At least have a calendar in association so that you know, okay, this at this time, at this date, I'm going to be watching the NC, uh, the LCS. At this time, at this date, I'm going to be watching uh, Dota 2. At this time, at this date, I'm going to be doing all this. And there would be a concise calendar of events and links, appropriate links to the live streams so that you can watch and uh, and participate in these events. Whereas, what I, it, you know, I did a couple of quick searches on Google and I immediately have a headache trying to figure out what is what, where... Where do you, what are you getting from these websites? And how do you, how do you find the rosters for the, the teams? How do you get a player bio? How do you, how do you understand how do you understand what is currently occurring on a team of an organization in a league? And you have a, you have teams. Okay, you have you have leagues. You have teams. Then you have organizations. And the organization governs governs over the teams. But the, when we say teams, we mean we mean. Uh, divisions of an organization an association with multiple titles and it there's gotta be vocabulary there has to be some sort of understood vocabulary maybe there's a website that that, that defines this vocabulary esports vocabulary okay how to talk esports dot dot esports. Okay, glossary. I need the glossary. Bands, buffs, buff cheese. Nope. Don't give a shit about that. Dennis. Nope. 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 This is not the type of vocabulary we're looking for. We're these are all. Just, ju- ju- that's just as memes. 
meme vocabulary. We're, I'm looking for vocabulary in regards to the structure, to the system of esports. Because f- some business terms. Oh my gosh. And now the computer's frozen. Uh, uh, esports terminology explained. Okay, so this is the actual the conversation that's happening between okay when an esports athlete retires from playing the the game okay when they become a part of an organization and they are now in charge of a business they should be okay so let's say that these early esports athletes never participated in going to college to earn a collegiate degree and never elevated themselves out of out of um The lower educated cast, or I don't even know how to communicate this in a politically correct way. But so, so, so they're really good at a game, but they have no education. And when they step into an arena with, and a good thing that they that that has happened be as, um, as a result of a lack of education is. Well, maybe that's not true. I mean, there have been individuals who have been educated in the industry and not, you know, sold them, sold the, uh, the, the, the heart out of the, the industry. So, and because the industry is so, um, cluttered, you, you, you immediately have a difficulty, um, getting in and, and, and finding a good source as a brand like a coca-cola or wherever to to establish themselves in the industry so so when esports athletes the after he has or she has he or she has completed their career as a as a competitor where what's the next step for them in relation to elevating their career in the industry because when we compare it to something like American football generally those athletes find themselves the the more um the more vocal athletes find themselves becoming casters the more uh the more the ones with the more star power become um, sports casters, and then the ones with more or less. You don't really see. I, I don't know of many athletes that convert and become the because of because of issues on the field, a uh, health injuries, whatnot. They don't transition well into organize run uh into the organization side the corporate side of it uh 
and they don't find themselves as um they could find themselves as coaches or something like that but they don't find themselves part of the um structure i'm just i'm there's just so much there's just so much going wrong that i'm even forgetting there's so much going wrong in the industry of esports that it's ha- it's making me forget get get frustrated to the point that my brain literally is 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 going to melt because the 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 structure of esports is so complicated and and for the average person they would quit looking to find the solution to the issue of people desiring a barrier of entry because they find that the industry is there it, it, they find it to be sacred the industry is sacred to the individuals who help create uh, who helped found create the foundation for an esports industry and so they they have not only alienated other people like them but they've alienated uh industry people who could fund their dream to grow their organization their brand and whatnot they believe and this this is in part due to the competitiveness of it they believe that they are able to grow the business without external help and it, or or they can just do it on their own essentially like that that is a that is one of the largest problems with a, a an organization that has a team team functionality to it in any any realm so they they want to kind of just make it more complicated when it could be so much more simple if there there was people from business people from health from different if there were more people with with there's this uh there there's this fear and I can I feel it myself because I'm a gamer there's this fear that non-gamers will dilute the validity of the 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 esports industry because and this fear it comes from the fact that that gamers have been oppressed people who enjoy playing games competitively 
have been uh been there's been so many negative stereotypes and even an archetype of the way that people perceive the gamer that that there there's this immediate defense mechanism for the industry at, at large to to uh defend against these these people that have um have have bullied us from a young age and we we see the characteristic in in individuals whom want to say we are just um deplorables that sit at home eat cheetos hot pockets the 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 thing the thing is that in the mainstream media the the people who think they're funny is are the people who have created this negative stigma towards gamers and people who enjoy playing competitive games because they don't want to attribute that the athleticism the 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 that the body needs to be at a certain a certain point in order to be able to competitively to compete competitively in a digital realm outside of the uh okay this is not uh, what I'm trying to say the the body and 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 the mind and everything needs to be able to compete in this sand uh, in this other the body needs needs to have a certain construction the same that it needs for a physical sport like like uh, American football, football, soccer, tennis, whatever, because the apparatus may be uh, physically in front of you, but eventually tennis is going to be virtual anyway, So, because there's no reason for you to... The 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 game of tennis, unless it's an the the competitiveness of a virtual version of tennis is far greater than that, and the opportunity to play the game is greater in a virtual world world than it is in a physical world, and in addition to that, any type of sport with some apparatus to hit the ball such as baseball cricket tennis anything like that would perform better in a virtual world regardless okay so those sports are just as valid in the physical world as they are in the virtual world the the issue of convergence is that 
are the games in the digital virtual world as valid as the games in the the in our reality i i, I i'm i'm probably not using the correct vocabulary to define this but what's going on in in the virtual world and the digital world is that as valid as what's going on in the real world uh i would argue yes because we're using real world mechanics uh in our physical body to navigate the digital and virtual world and in order to do that you have to be just as physically fit or your body needs to be in a state in which it can maintain over a long period of time while sitting while standing while moving whatever it may be it's not necessarily the most uh, full body active sport. So are we going to differentiate between dexter- dexterity for, uh, sports or so if, if, if bowling is a sport and, uh, and cricket is a sport, how come, is it literally because of physical motion that this is, deemed not a sport what is it that creates the barrier because you need to be as physically fit in order to maintain navigating and controlling a virtual world it i don't know how to how to either get get over that or not but it it's just as valid and so I think every I think a majority of people have come to this conclusion and I think as a result we need to be more open minded and the the individuals who may have made a mistake when they were younger uh counting us out saying that we were deplorables and uh virgins and pussies, bitches, sucks, phonies, whatever whatever negative conversation that was being had or hate was being spewed at gamers or competitive gamers, that type of rhetoric, you know, especially that from the parents uh, because parents were continually, you know, saying that it was going to rot our brains out or something was going to do something negative towards us when in fact it became the world became gamified and now everything is controlled by some sort of game uh you know we are just the ones that understand where the where the reality is going and an esports athlete can develop and become a a you know somebody who works as an organizer or works as an owner or a board member to a franchise there are a lot of different opportunities 
I, I, I believe that the industry needs to work towards there being more, uh, education, uh, and there be collegiate level education in the industry for critical thinking reasons, because maybe an athlete has a language barrier and won't be able to communicate globally because that person doesn't have, uh, the language, it doesn't have the language of business. Potentially, unless they work in their own market and it depends upon the aspirations of the, the, the athlete after they retire, it really, I've been dealing with this, uh, this this question in in other facets of life lately about the ambition and drive of the the um of the of of people and um and the opportunity for for people based on gender and stereotypes the gamer is Everyone has a um, a first stigma of being man or a woman, and then they get to these days decide to be a dragon, or they can be whatever they want. Um, and there will be some pushback, uh, depending upon what. Um, community they community community they live in and whether there will be quite a bit of pushback or not but gamer has always been a huge stigma and on top of the rest because it essentially was like calling someone useless or lazy um and that does not does not relate to every gamer uh these days and those that are a little bit more on the uh lethargic side of gaming are not necessarily competing at the the upper levels um now the individuals that have come into the gaming industry and have been negatively spewing rhetoric about health and wellness towards individuals who perform at a top level without the the um the hatred and demonization of the stigmas um, those people are just as bad and, um, just as toxic as the, uh, the stigma towards gaming. And somehow we have to figure out some sort of balance of that in the industry. And I don't know how that'll be. People don't need to be, uh, fat shaming and, um, and gender shaming and, uh, sexual orientation shaming anyone 
but it, it becomes a name of the, it, it's a bit of the antics that go along with uh, the competitive side of gaming and um, competitive sports in general. Uh, you want to figure out what your advantage is over your com- your competition. And if you can in any way uh, create some sort of conflict, in- internal conflict in your comp- in your competition, then you will be able to surpass their surpass them and uh, win in the in the competition. It becomes a matter of is there a award for sportsmanship and showmanship in the esports arena? And at this time, there is no um, award for that. And the thing that is being awarded is the negative rhetoric and uh, bad behaviors of a small few who talk shit and are shit talkers when they play competitive games. And the shit talkers are the ones that are creating the largest stigma in the esports. Um, so I've covered a lot in this episode and I feel like that I, that I, I'm pretty happy. I think that I'll have to come back to this because I want to get some experts on, uh, and but I want to establish a um, uh, a conversation that will be being had on the Trent Knox show about esports, and um, and I want to bring as many competitive players or what I can onto the show and from various different uh, titles and uh, genres of games from first-person shooters to RTS to any sort of competitive game and let them shine, let them speak on this platform that I have here. I think that the Trent Knox show is kind of going to be a, you know, a Jimmy Kimmel of sorts. I mean, I'm not that funny, but, uh, or uh, whatever, you know, uh, uh, Fallon. Or whatever to to kind of give a give a platform for people to get their get their voice and let it be heard. And I appreciate you guys for listening to this episode. I just on the way out, I want to shout out to my sponsors, anchor.fm slash Trent Knox slash support. If you want to help uh, grow this dream level and help me level up and uh, be able to do bigger and better, uh, better opportunities. And I, I, I think that that's the way to go and, uh, shout out to Depop. Uh, if you go over to depop.com slash Trent Knox, I'm establishing my merchandise store and, uh, you'll be able to check out all the products that I have and make your purchases and whatnot and have it, uh, have it shipped out. Uh, then, we have Lander. I use Lander to, after I've done my mix of this podcast, I'll upload it to Lander. And they just basically uh, get the, the levels right, make my mu- my my voice sound sexy, and get me right. You know what I mean? And then I use Crowdfire. If you head over to my Facebook or Facebook.com slash Trent Knox TV, you'll see 
uh, there's a post in there for Crowdfire. For the first ten dollars, you'll get ten dollars back off of that uh, that um, you know free a free a little bit of free right there. Uh, and then Crowdfire, Lander, Anchor, uh, Postmates for sure. Depop, obviously. Postmates, if you're looking to earn a little extra cash. Head on over to my Facebook page, go to the top pinned link, and you'll see it there. And uh, yeah, and um, I appreciate I appreciate you guys listening to this. Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, we will have Brian Kern of the Common Chaos Podcast back on the show live and in person. Uh, check out the twitch.tv slash Trent Knox to find, uh, find out. And I uh, appreciate you guys. Um... Catch you on the next one. Where's my cursor? Got it.